Hello and welcome to another Tag One Team Talk. We're going to do an update on the auto update system. We did our third ever Tag One Team Talk on the auto updater, announcing its alpha release, and it's been a little over 30 talks later. And we're back today with Lucas Heading to get an update on the auto update system. My name is Michael Myers. I'm based out of New York City, and I'm the managing director at Tag One Consulting. And I'm joined today by Lucas Hedden, Senior Architect and Data and Application Migration Expert at Tag One. Lucas is one of the top 20 contributors to Drupal 8. He's the Drupal Core Migrate Subsystem Maintainer, uh, a core contribution mentor, a Drupal.org project application reviewer, and he's the maintainer for the auto automatic update system. Today, we're going to talk about uh, what the automatic update system is and how it works. We're going to give you um, a background on what's changed over the last year since our last talk. And Luke is going to give you a sneak peek into the future roadmap and some of the things that the team is working on and what we should expect in the next year. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us again to give us this update. Um, why don't we step back uh, and, and just, you know, give people the foundation. Um, what is the status of the auto update system? What versions of Drupal does it support? Uh, how do I get it? You know, what are the basics? Uh, there's a contrib module called Automatic Updates, aptly named, and it um, supports Drupal 7 and Drupal 8, and uh, I'm pretty sure it also supports Drupal 9. That's um, just a, a, ch a change in your .info YAML file. I am the maintainer of that module. There's a lot going on, and we'll get to that and touch on that about how we're taking what's in contrib and moving those things over into core. Um, that's being sort of handled um, by me and others, more by others than me. So I hesitate to, to consider myself that maintainer. So is, uh, is the system stable? Is this experimental? When we, when we last talked, uh, it was alpha. Um, uh, are, are we beta? Are we at a stable release at this point? Yeah, it's a stable contrib module. Uh, it's got several hundred sites installed. Uh, it uses um, tarballs, uh, improvised tarballs. So it, it takes and downloads um, a slimmed down version of, of all the changes between say 8.7.6 and 8.7.7 if there's 300 files that are changed, it only grabs those 300, downloads them, does a lot of checks, does lots of things to make sure that you're not to, about to hose your site and then overlays those files. So what about the status of the uh, the core work? You know, this is, you said this is moving from a contrib module into core? Yes, um, the Office of Technology from, from Acquia um, with, uh, with a lot of push from the community has taken this on as, as their baby for the last couple of quarters. And uh, Acquia is, is really um, pushing this along with, with folks like Ted. Ted Bowman is, is the lead developer, but we've also got um, XJM or, or Jess, uh, Alex Bronstein putting some time and thought into this. Um, Proxmoor Adam is also spending uh, some time on here and uh, you know, this is a big focus. This is a big focus from the community. If you've been around the Drupal community long, the, the names I just rattled off are a bit of what I would consider rock stars. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really, really important. 
Um, so it will happen. It's more a matter of time of when. And um, we're making baby steps now. We've taken and re-rolled patches from Contrib. We're going through user experience testing uh, and, and feedback. Um, some of those uh, have been in, in and out of RTBC uh, status, like almost about to commit it. And then, oh, well, let's improve this a little bit because the gates for, for core are pretty high. Uh, so we're making a lot of headway there. I wouldn't be surprised if um, some of these things make it into 9.2. Wow. I mean, that, that is a lot of firepower, that, that team that you mentioned. Um, user experience testing, is, is there a user interface for the update system? Is this something that happens like programmatically in the background? Like what, what is that testing? Right, so what is the automatic update system? Uh, there's, the, there's the update part of it, which is sort of the, the culmination of, of a lot of pre-tasks. Pre the first thing is we wanna be able to inform you that an update is coming. So there's this whole concept of PSAs, which we've had all along sort of, we've nagged you to death with update module an update module sending you an email or a little banner warning on your site, except that happens so often that we've gotten sort of immune uh, and we ignore those. We've created, created rules in our inbox to, to funnel all those emails to the deleted folder. Um, so what we've got going on now is, is a, uh, a public safety uh, announcement system that yeah, it'll, it'll use some of the same techniques, but, and that's where we're still going through user experience. How do we make this, uh, impre this impression to users that there's a, is a security update uh, akin to Drupalageddon coming mm -hmm. down the pipe without sort of overly, uh, you know, over calling wolf, I guess would, would be one way to say it. Um, we want to communicate fully to people um, as of yet, though, we've not had to use it even in contrib land. So this is this is a rare case where we want to communicate to people something big is happening in Drupal core. Display a PSA. Okay, so there are tons of updates that you get all the time if you're using contributed modules. Yeah, Some updates now and then for core. The the PSA system is hey, you need to pay attention to this. This is critical. Yes. Okay. Um, now, is it going to supersede or is the update module going to be deprecated at some point as a result of the auto update system? No, I don't think so. I think that part of it is being re refactored at this point. We're making it, uh, as I like to say, more better. Not the best grammar, but it totally con conveys the idea. Um, and you might actually have a reason to keep it installed now mm. on your site. We'll, we'll be providing real value to you. So step one is the PSA. There's a really important update coming that you need to be aware of. Right. That'll come out three to five, seven days before uh, okay. you know, Patch Wednesday. And then um, Patch Wednesday will happen and the message might change a little. Hey, it came out. Great. So you know, we, we've notified to everyone. After that, we also want, and this is, it goes hand in hand with the PSA. We want to communicate to people uh, whether or not their site is ready to be updated. Mm -hmm. So if you've poorly managed your site or it's a site that maybe the client uh, has done some updates on themselves, there might be a, uh, several situations where you wouldn't actually be ready to run that update if you had to at the drop of a hat. 
Um, some of these, and, and we have a check system for this. There's a, it's called um, the, the, the readiness checkers. And these, these checkers run on your site through cron and, and they, they will validate, um, is your site um, got database updates that haven't been applied yet? Do you need to run those? If you don't have those updates applied, we won't update you. If um, you're running out of disk space, maybe you didn't know it, but if you're starting to run out of disk space, that might be a warning that you might want to go out and make sure that you clean things up. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have some more, um, more, more like, we, we can't really run an update on a site that has a read-only file system. We can't mm -hmm. in place update you if your hard drive is, can't be written to. Uh, so we have some checks like that as well. Just do a health check on the environment. Tomorrow, if this, this update comes out, can you update right away? And it, and it gives you a health check. Uh, these messages will also kind of come to you on your installation status report page in Drupal. Do I need to be on the latest current version to be able to update? Like if I'm a few versions behind, is, is automatic update going to work for me? If you're using the contrib version. So con we're starting to dive into this, like this, the contrib version of the module. And once you get into core, which will be, like I said, some of these things are going to come in with 9.2, um, which is like in the next six months. Uh, so contrib land, no. There's not a lot of, you can go from 8. Dot something to another 8. Dot something. Uh, I guess in theory, you could even go to 9. There's the limitations are, are not as um, strict there. Um, so you can go from 8.7.1 to 8.7.8, no problem. Um, we're, we're, we're discussing right now artificially limiting some of that just to, we don't want to have core, Drupal core. Uh, break a site. So we're going to be very cautious in, in core how we implement the, the, the range from, from version to what version. But it'll still be, if you're on 8.7, well, we, let's use nine versions because um, this is going to go into 9.0. So if you're on 9.0.1 and you want to go to the latest, which is like what, 9.0.8, there's nothing stopping you there. Okay. If you wanted to go from 9.0 to 9.1, there's where we're starting to discuss. Maybe we don't want to allow you to do sort of that that jump um, without without doing some maybe manual intervention. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of complexities going on here under the hood. Um, you know, you think about auto updates, and it, it might seem uh, simple at first, but as you really dig into these things, the permutations, the, you know, it gets very complex, very fast. Um, okay, so we covered the, uh, the PSAs, we covered the, the readiness or the pre-flight checks. What's next? Um, so in, in Contrib, we had a system that was a, uh, a quasi-patch approach where we took, um, let's say all your .info files change because versions, right? The version number always jumps in the .info file. So we've got in core, let's say 100 .info file changes, plus update.inc and bootstrap.inc and maybe node module, right? A file or two in node module updates. 
and that's in a big security release. And but there wasn't much. Well, that's all. It was info file changes because of versions, and we had like three or four other files. Mm -hmm. Rather than having to depend upon people having patch utils or Git or any other additional things outside of PHP on their, their system, we took the whole contents of those files and threw them together in a tarball. And then we overlay those files on the system. Pretty simple uh, system if you think about it. We, we add checks in there with hash, hash signs and, and, and validation to make sure that nothing has been changed in the middle. And it's, it's really pretty secure. When we go to Drupal core and Drupal, and Drupal 9, the version two of this system, we're starting to, uh, we are going to be changing that. We stumbled across, David Strauss from Pantheon, uh, stumbled across a framework for updating software. It's got a specification written in Python. Uh, Rust and Go are like doing some research around doing this as well. And this, it's called the, the Update Framework. Uh, it's sponsored by the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, which is a, a project uh, funded by the, the Linux Foundation. Um, so, you know, just a lot of buzzwords there, meaning <laughs> what it means, community support. Drupal's not building their own update framework anymore. In fact, when we went out the gate with trying to build this for Drupal Core and Drupal 9, uh, we went at it with a, a, a wide community support between Joomla and Typo3. We've got um, folks from them on, on these, we do sprints, two or three day sprints every quarter or so. Uh, and we've got reps from them. So it's not just Drupal and Drupal folks coming to, at this. And we're reading off of a specification that's coming out of the Cloud Native Computing Foundation. And there's already a, an example uh, implementation in Python, one that the, the community over there is looking at doing um, PIP, PIP, is looking at utilizing this framework to, to pro provide assurance around its updates for Python. Mm -hmm. um, Go and Rust are looking at this, PHP is, and that's a pretty big deal that so many folks are looking at this specification and implementing it in their technology. So a lot of changes ahead uh, based on the lessons you've learned. And it's great to see Drupal continuing to work with other communities and systems. Um, before we uh, change gears and, and, and turn into like the lessons learned and, and where you guys are going with this, um, uh, just a little bit more background on, on the current update system itself. Um, what is it updating? Can I update core? Can I update contrib? Is it only security vulnerabilities? You can update uh, Drupal core. Okay. And it doesn't matter if it, you can, you can update uh, for security. You, there's, there's toggles. Mm -hmm. You can pick, do I only want to update for security releases or do I want to update for any release? Mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't matter. So the current contrib version of the automatic update allows you to update core, including security initiatives. Yeah. When it moves into core, is it going to stay the same? Initially, that's the goal. Okay. We're going to limit it to core as well. Mm -hmm. And it's really a cautious stance that's limiting us, not technology. Yep. Uh, we want to be very careful. Uh, and we might hint, we might d dive into some of the, 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 the hurdles that we're facing. 
uh, and at the latter part of this, this discussion, but there's some serious issues around database updates and how do you apply them. And you can kind of manage that a little bit when you've got three or four maintainers that sort of manage a core release cycle. Uh, when we release that to thousands and thousands of, of contrib modules, we want to release that to them with some lessons learned from core on how to best manage this. Sounds like a smart approach. Um, one of the things that I love about the system is your modular architecture and the ability for people to extend this system uh, to meet their organizational needs. Can you give us a little bit of background on the ways that, that you can extend this system as an organization? Yes. So one example is readiness checks. There's been interest from several um, hosting platforms to be able to insert their own readiness checks. Um, you know, I gave some examples of is your, your, read, is your disk read only? Mm -hmm. uh, but what if you're running on a site that you do have read-only, but you've got an environment within your, your infrastructure that you can deploy code to, and you want to just basically trigger off a webhook call to say, hey, build, you know, build this thing, not here, but over here on my QA environment, right? Fire that off. So that might be a case where you might want to cheat the system and, and not fail your readiness checks when you've got a read only or a, a hosting platform might want to provide their own Pantheon, Acquia, Platform SH, uh, roll your own at whatever agency you're working where you've deployed stuff with Docker and, and Amazon Web Services or whatever. You mm -hmm. could easily insert your own readiness checks that do anything. Mm -hmm. Another example, I've hinted at this a couple of times, is database updates. Wouldn't it be cool if you stumbled across a, an update that ran a database update? Maybe it goes um, from version 8.7 .8 to 8.8 .8 of Drupal core, okay? That one was a notoriously difficult update because of path auto. Path auto and some changes with path aliases in Drupal core, they all had to be sort of pulled together. Wouldn't it be really nice if as a part of your database update, you created a database backup to a text file, like dumped the whole database to your private files? Well, that's not something that's gonna go out, out the door with core, but that's not stopping Contrib from building something, not stopping you and your hosting platform from building something to roll with your custom saw, secret sauce at your organization so that you can bring even greater assurance to these automatic updates for your clients. This is awesome. I mean, I think you really considered the spectrum of users. You know, like I think we typically think about, you know, big companies and large agencies, you know, uh, large websites when we're dealing with Drupal and lots of permutations but there's also individuals and, and blogs and small organizations that are running this. So, you know, uh, having it run, you know, uh, without needing a lot of tools, you know, simple files and copying, you know, through to, you know, being able to have complex customization for your organization um, around your workflow. Uh, it seems like it meets the needs of, of the entire spectrum of Drupal users. 
Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I think we have a really good sense of, of what the system is now, how it works, what it can update. Um, can you give us insight into what's changed over the last year? You mentioned the, uh, the tough, the auto update framework. Uh, that sounds like one of the biggest changes. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, PHP tough is a specification it's, it's, if, uh, I like to describe it as, imagine you're writing a new encryption algorithm. You'd first write the specification for turn these bits here and there, and, but you wouldn't write it in a language. And PHP tough is an implementation of a, this update, the update framework. Uh, the update framework has a lot of research gone into what um, possible malfactors and bad things can happen when you're downloading stuff. Things that we didn't account for in our original implementation. Granted, a lot of these are a little bit of edge cases, mm -hmm. but still probably good to account for everything that we can and stand on the, the shoulders of giants. So that's gonna be a big difference. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we're, we're working towards doing is building this within Composer. So it, it will hopefully someday be something that we could get into like say Composer 3 or Composer mm -hmm. 4, or maybe in a later version, even of Composer 2, depending on how, how easy it is to, to, to pull in. Uh, and then it wouldn't just be Drupal folks, it'd be anyone who uses Composer that would get greater levels of assurance when they're downloading software packages to make sure that there's not a man in the middle attack or, replay attacks or you know, just start Googling for problems with that you can have with downloading software off the internet. Mm -hmm. Things that I'm sure a lot of people don't really think about when they just download software to their computer um, gives you insight into just a, a taste of the complexities involved in you know, updating uh, your server software. Um, and the fact that all these communities are part of it, um, you know, that, that's, that's awesome gives me hope that it will become part of Composer and continue to grow. Um, why, uh, why Composer? Why Composer? So we're really crippled right now in version one of this, this uh, auto update system. We, we built a system, it works really well, but it works only for tarballs. And tarballs work for uh, a lot of sites, a lot of smaller sites, but it doesn't work for the sites that I maintain because I don't use tarballs, I use Composer. And I think there's a lot of people that use Composer. And <clears throat> so we, we did a session on automatic updates uh, in DrupalCon Europe just a few weeks ago. Ted Bowman and I, um, Ted, Ted presented and I, I tagged along with him and, and helped answer questions. And, and we did a poll we did a poll to the audience, about 100 or 200 folks um, responded uh, that were attendees. And it's all anecdotal evidence, right? 100 people that all attended a session. But um, we had four or, five, four or five questions saying, would you use this? And there was one that, no, I'd never use this. Or, well, I might not use it because I don't need it myself because I've got workflows at my organization, but I could see value for other people using it all the way, yes, I would love to use this, you know, perfect solution for my site. We had no one say they would never use it. 
Mm -hmm. Sorry, let me rephrase that. We had no one say there's no value in this. Mm -hmm. Everyone agreed that there was some value. They might not have used it themselves. Even that people, those people that said, I might not use it myself, I would kind of argue perhaps they're not seeing the value in this because what this system does is it makes it easier for you as an agency to quickly roll out to 100, 200, 500 clients because there's no reason why you can't build into your workflow an easier way to update them. Mm -hmm. It's a lot like how Drush has its commands for revert configuration, run updates, and you've got like embedded in your finger memory now, Drush config import, Drush update DB, up Drush clear cache, right? This is what we run when we run an update. Well, this just takes it to the next level and it, it gives us, um, I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but I think that the, the, the point still applies that mm -hmm. this provides a standard way for updating your site to the community, to the world. So every agency, every site owner, every little small um, shop out there, all the way up to the big, 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 large agencies with uh, and big um, websites, they don't have to like scratch their head. Okay, do I update config first and then the database, or do they database and then config? And where do I where? Oh yeah, I forgot I should have done an update somewhere. I should have run a backup somewhere in there too. And um, this is just sort of standardizing the whole update flow. And Composer is really important because that's bringing it full circle, hopefully. Composer is how most people are building their sites these days that I interact with. What about uh, other improvements that, that Composer brings like um, memory improvements or... Right. So the, for the longest time, when we said composer, everyone winced and said, oh, that takes forever. Oh, my machine's going to run out of memory before I finish. And an interesting thing happened. The composer developers heard that and they made massive changes. And that's been incorporated into composer version two. Composer version two has uh, exceptionally great memory, like night and day memory improvements, night and day time improvements, like used to take three minutes, five minutes. Now it takes two seconds, five seconds wow. to run the same exact thing. It used to be, you know, pushing two gigabytes of data. Now you're hard pressed to make it go over 128 meg. Wow. Massive, awesome. massive changes. Any other benefits of, of uh, Composer 2? So one of the things that the Drupal community pushed for was this concept of uh, when you're running updates, we, we want to be able to run. At the time, it wasn't even tough. We were going to use our old framework um, from uh, Signify was what it was called. And, and, but either way, Signify tough, you need to be able to intercept these files and run some validation that they're, they're valid, right? We didn't want to just download what we thought was PHP files and now it's some malicious code. And you need a sandbox to do that. So one thing we did is we, we um, early enough in the version two, uh, Composer version two lifecycle, we got uh, an event 
We've all heard of events. And if you're a pro PHP programmer, this is just like that. It's another PHP event that you can subscribe to. You subscribe to this event, just like a hook in Drupal core event, no, events in Drupal core. You subscribe to this event and now you can intercept the download before it's been moved to its final destination. While it's still in the temp folder in its sandbox and we can make sure that the hashes match. We can do all of our validation to confirm that we're not getting malicious code. And that was, I was, I was shocked how quickly and easily that was able to move into Composer 2. But I think the reason it moved so quickly, it was a no brainer. Of course, of course we want this. So wow. that also happened. Um, and as of Drupal 7 or 8.8 or 8.7, the other reason we want to do Composer, not just Composer 2, Composer is because now your sites are Composer ready out of the box. Previously, they were sort of built around this concept of the tarball, and you kind of had to do your own thing when it came to building a, a composer site. Everyone did. Well, I felt like everyone did. I'm sure there were lots of small sites that didn't. But um, everyone had gone composer that I rubbed shoulders with. But now it's fully supported in Drupal core. And it's so easy to just type composer require. And that's starting to trickle over into folks that hadn't previously used composer. And so we're starting to see a lot more folks using composer. It used to be like the small sites only and you know some larger sites that felt like it was too complicated. Well, the larger sites that were too complicated are starting to use composer all the time. And even some of the smaller ones. So we're starting to see a switch from not as much to more folks using Composer. Wow. I know um, at DrupalCon Europe, you guys talked a lot about database updates and you know, an, an update that just requires file changes is, is very different than an update that requires uh, database changes and, and the challenges that database changes introduce. Can you give us some background on the discussions that you guys had at DrupalCon Europe and, and some of the things that came out of that? Um, well, how to hash, hash up or you know, summarize an hour and a half of discussions. Um, <laughs> we had some pretty smart people. We, we talked about database updates. So why is database updates a problem? That's probably the first thing that I should summarize. Database updates are a problem because once you uh, install code, many sites will become inoperable until you run an update of the, um, of the database. So think of 8.7 to 8.8 .8 with path auto. If you didn't run the path auto update for the database at the right time in your update process, then your site becomes unoperable. It dies. Uh, to the, the customer, it seems like it's no longer running. It, it gives you 500 errors. It just goes off the internet. Uh, it goes white screen of death, you know, bad things. We don't really know when a database update is available because you can upgrade from any version to another version. You can apply a patch. Um, core, we could probably get away with coming up with a way to figure it out um, because we've got 
four or five pretty responsible people that manage core. Someone's going to rib me for saying pretty responsible. They're super responsible. They <laughs> cross their I's, dot their T's, and they are, they're the, you know, they're great. Um, but I'm a contrib maintainer, and I don't always remember when I added a hook update to my system. So I, uh, <clears throat> if we release this framework to more than just, you know, core, we need to be able to handle everyone who doesn't do a good job of updating, uh, um, notifying folks when they have database updates, even on database updates that might hose the system. So what we decided, it's pretty obvious, uh, is we need a, a system to do a test or a framework or something, maybe it's um, something in core to validate execution of database updates. So let me repeat that. We need a we need to build a test framework or something or environment into core to validate execution of database updates. Don't know what that's going to be. Um, we, we had a thing like that in contrib. It, it, it's like, you know, you know, tagged services or, or plugins and you can, you can, do a lot of things with that, then you can run a, 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 a database update uh, after you've run a database backup. And maybe once you've finished that, uh, you can um, you know, do a, a smoke test of the site to see if it's still returning 200. Um, you know, we can do a lot of things there. Uh, but what we discussed was probably trying not to step into the world of of the platform world. So we don't want to take over that running a backup of your database. We don't want to actually do it in core. We want to provide it as a capability for others to do. To see the distinction there. We want to build an extensible framework. So how, how would that work? Um, I mean, I could see why you wouldn't want to do it in core, but then I, as the site owner, in thinking back to like the spectrum of possible site owners, you know, there are, you know, some small organizations that may not be as well versed in that. I mean, I guess these are all the challenges that you guys are thinking about. You know, if I am a, a Pfizer with thousands of Drupal websites and, you know, a hundred plus developers, it's, it's, you know, super easy for me by comparison to I'm, you know, um, you know, the ACLU or something, you know, a small organization with no technology resources or just a few. That was a really tough part of our conversation. And I think it's a very controversial part of the conversation. But what we ran into as we sort of discussed through the technical limitations is that a lot of the smaller sites that would benefit from something where we built it for you into core are also restricted by hosting providers that limit the number of database tables, limit the amount of, have enough limitations that we couldn't really build it for you anyways. Like if we tried to build a solution and we put it into core and then you try, you know, said, I wanna have automatic updates with database backups you'd probably be one of those lucky few that your hosting provider doesn't provide the resources needed to do that. 
Wow. I mean, but that doesn't stop Contrib from stepping in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really, so honestly, it doesn't stop Contrib. What we want to do is make it available. What we don't want to do is have core necessarily dictate how that should happen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a very controversial section of our long discussion. Uh, and I'm not sure that even what I'm summarizing here is the, the general consensus, because what you said is, is a very valuable, very valid uh, use case, small sites that want to have a system. However, however, building a solution that mimics a hosting provider's database cloning and copying and spinning up infrastructure is a whole thing that paid hosting, this was my argument, hosting providers have spent hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars in trying to solve this and make it easier. Yeah. So if Core with its limited volunteer community is trying to build something, let's invest our time in the things that are of greatest value. Contrib can still provide sort of a backup and migrate type solution. As long as we provide that backup and migrate hook for them to insert into your database update flow, <clears throat> you know, folks have gotten away with using backup and migrate that that great module for many many years. Yeah, I like your philosophy. I think you know, uh, I think back to my time at Acquia. You know, all the tools that Pantheon offers. Um, you know, third-party systems like, uh, you know, Lullabots, Tugboat, you know, there are any number of systems just within our community aimed at helping you, you know, test and, you know, and, and deal with your state. Um, that, I mean, I know that that's something that you guys talked about as well in the past uh, for the auto update system to sort of give you a preview, you know, uh, before I roll out these changes how do I make sure that, that my site is okay? Um, is that something that's going to be dealt with in, in the future? Interesting that you would bring that up because the second bullet point that I wrote down out of our, our long conversation was there's a lot of interest as part of the update process to run random tests, including specifically visual regression testing. Mm-hmm. Preview, right? Yeah. That was really, really important. For those, um, those people that said, well, I wouldn't want to use this for my site, but I could see value for others. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for ever, all of them, but I can speak for the two or three folks that joined the BOF and said, well, that was me, one of those small number that said I wouldn't use it myself. And the reason was visual regression testing. Yeah. So if we provided a hook and quite possibly someone will write a contrib module that hooks into this and wires into any one of a number of vendors that specialize in visual regression testing. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's another contrib module here that sits off to the other side that's cloning, or maybe, maybe your hosting platform of choice, Pantheon, Acquia platform, Tugboat, whatever, has a web hook and a module that you install that subscribes to this um, into the update framework that when it sees that you're running an update, it says, well, don't actually run it here. Mm-hmm. Spin off, you know, kick off a new environment, build mm-hmm. and run regression testing over there. 
again, back to my, my statements earlier about we're building a framework that is standardized, that uh, you don't have to start from scratch. Uh, how many folks out there have built things with Jenkins and, and um, pipelines and various Git workflows and things because now you can do it? We don't have a way to do it now unless you roll your own. And that's a lot of work to maintain. And mm -hmm. Core is going to provide out of the box all the building blocks for this. Yep. So it provides you with that modular extensible framework that allows you to integrate your systems is seemingly the best approach because there's no way that, that Core could even account for all of those permutations. It's just not possible. No. Um, if it can be done, it will be done, and it'll probably be done wrong at least once with Drupal. No, I, I like your, your philosophy. I, th I think it, it makes the most sense. Um, what about um, getting this into core? That's got, you know, that sounds like that's, the, is that like the big focus uh, for the next, you know, three to six months? Are there? The, the, the first two parts of this, if we go back to our earlier, what is the automatic update system? There's three parts. Writing, uh, there's um, PSAs, readiness checks, and updates, running the updates. The first two, with almost certainty, will go into 9.2. Mm -hmm. They almost made it into 9.1. Uh, they were that close. The update system itself is making huge strides. We're, um, we're making huge strides there, and uh, we're a little bit sidetracked trying to get tough integrated into things. But once we get tough integrated, it's just going to be pretty rapid, I would think at that point. Mm -hmm. And is, that's, that's the last big component then is, is adding tough into the, the in-place updates, you know, replacing, making that the component and then it becomes part of. Yes, it'll become the thing that be, um, replaces uh, the in-place updates. And it, it won't be in-place updates in the sense that we're overlaying files anymore, like we were in version one of this system. It'll be calling Composer. It'll call the API for Composer that mimics Composer update, mm -hmm. right? Composer update, Drupal core. And then it'll move it over to a sandbox, run its checks, Make sure your site's still kosher and running. And if it is, move it over, just like Composer always does, moves it over on mm -hmm. um, and replaces what was there previously. Now, does it come out as like a, a beta first when it's in or when it becomes part of core? Is it like this is a stable release and where is that? It'll, it'll, it will come out. So there's a whole new like experimental module process. New I call because it's like only two years old. Um, there's a whole experimental experimental module process. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And and it and it walks through the phases for it. But in its early alphas, it it doesn't make it out of the dev branch. So before we um, roll 9.2 alpha or beta, we would remove all the features of the experimental module. We re remove the experimental module. Mm -hmm. wow. If it's not fully stable, if it's not at the stable stability level required by that experimental process. I don't have the, I'm, I'm hedging it here because I think that there's like an alpha or beta where it could still be left in. 
-hmm. And I'd have to refer back to what that process looks like. Awesome. Well, this is this was great. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, the holiday season is crazy, hectic and busy for everybody as we're trying to get in those last minute requests and wrap up things for the year and uh, spend more time with our family. So thank you uh, so much for for sitting down with us today and, and, and giving us the 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 background and the update. Can can I do a shout out? Yeah, please. So um, we wouldn't have gotten anywhere with any of what we've discussed, except for the work of Ted Bowman, Peter Wallinen, Mike Baton, uh, Adam Finaproxima, Jess, David Strauss, Neil Drum, Tim Lee, Lee Han, and Emily Naveau. Wow, uh, all uh, amazing, well-known Drupalers. Uh, thank you guys. This is, I mean, this is such a key component of Drupal. I mean, having talked through this with you today and, and really you know, starting to wrap my head around the complexities, you get a sense of why this hasn't been a part of Drupal to date, um, but it needs to be a part of Drupal. Like, uh, you know, this is such a critical component of an application. And, and I think it's going to have a huge impact moving forward. So um, thank you. Uh, also, I should give a shout out to all of the sponsors who helped make this happen. Uh, the European Commission, uh, MTech, Tag1, we're all uh, funders initially, uh, along with the Drupal Association. Uh, the Drupal Association uh, and Acquia are now providing a lot of funding to get this into core uh, development. Uh, you know, you heard Lucas mention the number of people uh, that have made major contributions. There are many, many, many others who have put a lot of effort into this. Uh, it takes a lot of time uh, and therefore money. Uh, if you're interested in uh, supporting this, contact uh, Tim, the CTO of the Drupal Association, uh, Tim at association.drupal.org. Uh, we would welcome more sponsors to help get this system into core and expand on it once it is in core. So Lucas, thank you uh, again for joining us. Uh, to all our listeners, thank you so much for being with us. The links, uh, everything we talked about, we're going to throw links into the show notes and description. Uh, if you like the talk, please uh, share it, upvote it, uh, subscribe to our future talks. Uh, you can check out past tag team talks at tag1.com slash tag one team talks. Uh, as always, we'd love your feedback uh, as well as your topic ideas. Please email us at tag one team talks at tag1.com. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Happy holidays.